we're going to have kind of a special thing happening. Um, normally we have some offering baskets up here in the front on our um, altars, and we've taken those out for just, don't worry, it's only this Sunday for the production. We will have altars back. Um, but um, for our offering this week, there's a box in the back, and if at some point um, during the worship time you would like to deposit your offering or your tithe, that's available back there. We're just going to do it that way just this Sunday. Um, I just didn't want to take too much time and disrupt um, what was happening in the rest of the service. Amen? All right. So, worship team, would you lead us into the presence of the Lord?
you may be seated. Amen. So I'd like to thank um, Stephanie, the worship team, and uh, Miss Avelina, our children's uh, ministry director. Where'd she go? There she is. She's hiding out. Um, this is their um, work, and this is what they've put together. And, and Avelina's been um, teaching the kids in, in, uh, in the areas of dance and flag ministry and mime and teaching these kids how to worship the Lord. And there's more than um, in, in the arts, not just in singing um, and, and instrumentation. So you're going to see a combination of um, worship and uh, honoring the Lord with, with many different gifts. And we know we're all here because to watch these kids, right? <laughs> They're the stars of the show. So I just wanted to make sure I gave um, special attention to Avelina and her um, children's ministry team and uh, Stephanie and the worship team. Thank you guys so much. So at this time, we're going to efficiently uh, start this program. So if I could have uh, Sister April Jackson come on up here. Um, her and her husband lead the youth ministry. She's also the leader of the women's ministry. And she's going to open up this in prayer. As we prepare our house for the coming Christmas season, we would also prepare our hearts for the returning Christ. You came once for your people, O Lord, and you will come for us again. Though there was no room at the inn to receive you upon your first arrival, we would prepare room for you in our hearts and here in our homes, Lord Christ. As we decorate and celebrate, we do so to mark the memory of your redemptive movement into our broken world, O oh God. Our glittering ornaments and Christmas trees, our festive carols, our sumptuous feasts. By these small tokens, we affirm that something amazing has happened in time and space. That God, on a particular night, in a particular place so many years ago, was born to us an infant king, our prince of peace. Our wreaths and ribbons and colored lights, our giving of gifts, our parties with friends, these have never been ends in themselves. They are but small ways in which we repeat that sounding joy first proclaimed by angels in the skies near Bethlehem. In view of such great tidings of love announced to us and to all people, how can we not be moved to praise and celebration in this Christmas season? As we decorate our tree and as we feast and laugh and sing together, we are rehearsing our coming joy. We are making ready to receive the one who has already, with open arms, received us. We would prepare you room in our hearts and in our homes, Lord Christ. Now we celebrate your first coming, Emmanuel, even as we long for your return. O Prince of Peace, our elder brother, return soon. We miss you so. Amen. The first Noel, the 
shall rest upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. For this is Christ.
morning, everyone. I'm Galina, and I'm Russian, so I'm going to be singing uh, Silent Night in Russian. Um, for some reason, when I talk to my Lord, I can only talk in my native language, so it's just easier for me.
like you've never been before in the life you knew in a thousand pieces on the floor and words fall short in times like these but this world drives you to your knees you think you're never gonna get back to the you they used to be tell your heart to beat again close your eyes and breathe it in let the shadows fall away step into the light of grace yesterday is a closing door you don't live there anymore say goodbye to where you've been and tell your heart to beat again let that word wash over you it's all right now love's healing hands have pulled you through so get back up take step one leave the darkness feel the sun cause your story's far from over and your journey's just begun tell your
King of heaven born 
born a sweet babe in a manger. No glitz, no glamour. The humblest of gifts with the humblest of beginnings. Each detail of your life laid before the foundations of the earth, yet shared by God Almighty so prophecy could be birthed. The angels first proclaimed your glory to the shepherds laying watch for God proclaimed the goodness of his son to those who would look. All signs pointed to you, as did the star in the sky, the message of God's love too great to deny. You were born a sweet babe in a manger, no glitz, no glamour, yet your life was anything but. You're the God of miracles, signs, and wonders. Blind eyes see, deaf ears opened, lame men walk, and storms broken. Water to wine, lepers made clean, withered hands restored, 
and you fed thousands in between. Fevers healed, demons cast out, dead called back to life. The woman with the issue of blood bled no more after just one touch. These signs and wonders prophesied long before your birth, not one missed, and each one perfectly on time. The message of God's love, too great to deny. You were born a sweet babe in a manger, no glitz, no glamour. Your birth a controversy ordained by heaven. How could it be that a virgin would conceive? The son of Joseph and Mary, the perfect son of God. You walked among them, loved them, and saw them. They denied you, cried crucify you, and hung you on that tree. How could they not see this was all intended to be? For three days later, when you rose from the grave, making the way, despite our sins, to be saved. The message of God's love, too great to deny. You were born a sweet babe in a manger, no glitz, no glamour. The humblest of beginnings for the prophesied king of kings. These things were not hidden to those who walked with you, nor are they hidden to those who simply choose not to see. Your birth was prophesied, your death too, your resurrection on the third day also came true. Now listen closely and open your eyes, for time is drawing nigh, and this message of God's love is too great to deny. You were born a sweet babe in a manger, no glitz, no glamour, but soon, on a day we do not know, that sweet babe in a manger will return our victorious king.
Amen. Why don't you guys give him another round of applause? Amen. We can thank you, Rob, for bringing up those house lights. He's still a miracle worker, church. He's still a miracle worker. The Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen. So... This is going to be a little different. Um, I felt very impressed that the Lord wants us to know and remember. Remember that when he came into this earth, it wasn't perfect. People weren't perfect. The state of the nation of Israel, they were lost. They were without a shepherd. It was a cold, dark time that they had not heard from God. For 400 years he was silent. Some of us has experienced very short times of silence, not hearing from the Lord. And I know, I know what that feeling is. It's, it's a, a feeling of despair. He didn't come into a world that was perfect. He didn't come into um, what the church a lot of times would try to paint the church to be as looking all pretty on the outside and all done up and all. That's not the world that he came into. And we sing these beautiful songs, Galena, Silent Night. It was a beautiful song, but it wasn't really a silent night. I don't see Jesus being born and, and Mary didn't feel any pain. I don't believe Jesus wasn't crying. He wasn't come into with a lot of pomp. He was in a manger. He came into the lowliest of lowlies. He came into this earth in a scandalous way, right? In the middle, his family's in about in the middle of a divorce. Can someone relate with me? Things, were, things weren't well. There was a lot of talk. There was a lot of rumors. There was a lot of people. There was a lot of shame. So much so that angels had to come and miraculously and supernaturally talk to Joseph and Mary. This was a time that was no other time that has ever been on the earth, and that's why we celebrate Christmas. But sometimes we have, we have the, the pretty green tree with all the beautiful ornaments and all the beautiful lights, and we forget that there was a tree that was rugged, that was not lit up, and it was blood-stained. And he knew when he came into this earth, that's where he was headed. We serve a miracle-working God. We serve a God that is so in love with us that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all agreed that the Word would become flesh. 
and come and dwell with us and amongst us. Amen? The Bible tells us, and we get to see what the love of God looks like. He says, if Jesus said, if you've seen, the, if you've seen me, then you have seen the Father. And we can read and we can see and we can hear for the voice of the Holy Spirit and know what the Father's like. They were all in agreement, and they were all in agreement to come into the world at that time, miraculously, just like the prophets had foretold. Now, we don't talk about prophecy a whole lot at Christmas time, but I want to show you, and we're going to take some steps through the Word of God and through just a couple chapters, and, I, and, and as we go through that, I want you to begin to think about the miraculous. There's something special about Christmas. And we can, we can make it that it's like, well, I don't want to wreck anybody's dreams here this morning, you little ones. But it's, it, is a, it is a very miraculous time. It is a very special time. And it, it, it happened that way. And it's still that way. And it's so that we can see and that we will still remember that there's a God of miracles, signs, and wonders. So the first thing I want us to look at is that he came in in the world that was a mess. And to a people who had lost hope. And from a people who hadn't heard from him for 400 years. You guys, he came into a world that was a mess. You don't have to have everything all perfect and set up just right for him to come into your world. You need to hear me. A lot of people are waiting, and we got to try to make everything just right. And we got to, well, I got to do this, and I got to do that. And someday, maybe... No, he came in right into the midst of a mess. And I know there's a bunch of people in here like me who are very thankful that God showed up in the midst of my mess. Amen? It doesn't need to be all pretty and perfect and all the stuff worked out. He showed up in my life, and it was the, it was the biggest mess that there ever was. And I believed, and at that time, I literally believed there wasn't anything he could do about it. But he's a God of miracles, signs and wonders. Someone needs to know that, hey, he's right there with you in the middle of your mess. That's the way he came into this earth, and that was not by accident. I want you to think about he's an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. Awesome is awe-inspiring. An awesome God. We don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a, an elf on the shelf. We don't serve a Buddha sitting on a table. We don't serve a statue. We serve a living God, an awe-inspiring God that came into this earth and the heavens proclaimed it. The, last year, we got to see uh, Jupiter and Mars align, and that was, a, that was a pretty awesome thing. Planets aligned. The wise men were able to see through the stars that there was a savior of a world. A king was coming into this world. We serve an awesome God that, that sets the stars out every night and knows each one of them by name. He's an awesome God. He's an awe-inspiring God. He's a God of si miracles, signs, and wonders. Now, I want to share some things about this awesome God. God has always spoken and acted in history, think about that, through real events in real people's lives. Our awesome God is unlike any one or any other God that there's ever been or conceived of. This beautiful book 
is alive and is a very prophetic book. It is the only thing that there is on the planet Earth that has an awesome God that's outside. And you can, some people don't believe in God, but you have to be almost lunatic crazy to not believe that there's an intelligent designer outside of our realm of existence. We serve an awesome God that is outside of our time dimension. This book is filled with prophecies of thousands of years before, hundreds of years before, that God speaks in to people. And he's used people to declare what's going to happen in advance. The Quran has none of that. There is no other religious books that have the history that's foretold before it happens. An awesome God can do that. An awesome God that is not limited to our dimensions of time. That's not limited to our dimensions of space. He is outside and he speaks into it. He's outside of it and there's no, the Bible says there's no beginning and end in him. There's only one like that. There, he's called the Alpha and the Omega. There's no, he is outside of time. He's greater than time. And only an awesome God, an all-inspiring God can speak and tell people thousands of years and hundreds of years of, in advance of how he was going to come into the world, how he was going to live, that he would do miracles, signs, and wonders, how he would die, that he would be pierced. And there wasn't even a form of crucifixion when the prophets spoke of that. God spoke how he would even die, how he would resurrect. And it's so inspiring that history has been measured by him. There's even How many know people are trying to change history today? They've been trying to do this for some time. I wonder why. When, when it used to be before Christ. Time is measured. Before him, it was like this. After him, it's like this. And I know A.D. doesn't mean after death. In the year of our Lord. Everything's measured by him. It was such an awe-inspiring event. Nothing had ever been like that. They knew the prophecies. People were looking for this God to come into this earth. And after he fulfilled all the things that he said he would do, they said, oh, my Lord. The soldiers that crucified him said, surely he was God. Time is measured by him. History defines him. He is an awe-inspiring God. So he, he has made promises throughout this book, throughout, the, throughout time, and he's kept all of them. He's called people to record and remember them. Isn't that awesome? All those different things. God, God called you and me, people like us, to record them and write them down so that they would be remembered. And they could also be fact-checked. Isn't that cool? They could be fact-checked. You could go back and through other non-biblical writings and, and historians like Josephus and other writers that took track of history. They, they knew there was this man that came into the earth. He did miracles. He died and he resurrected. It's not just here. I challenge. I, God's a big boy. How many know that? Like, he does, I, I don't have to prove him to you. I challenge you to seek him out. He's an awesome God. 
He says, if you seek me and search for me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. But I challenge you just to do some homework. Do some history. Do some research. Go look at how many prophecies were fulfilled about just his coming. Or how many prophecies were filled about his life. Or how many prophecies were fulfilled about how he would die and how he would resurrect. And then do this beautiful study called statistics. And see what the odds would be. It's awesome. It's awe-inspiring. This God of ours is amazing. But he uses us to record and remember. He's not a myth. He's not a myth. He's not a fairy tale. I need you to believe this year and think this year about this awesome God that is real and alive. He's not a fairy tale. But the one true God who does awesome things. Awe-inspiring things. How many of you have been touched by that awesome God? Experienced miracles in your life. Wonders. Things that doctors couldn't explain. I've witnessed it in my own life and in others' lives. Doctors have given death sentences. But God said, not yet. Doctors have said, that'll never happen. And God said, it can happen. Because I'm greater. I'm an awe-inspiring, miracle-working God. I spoke creation into existence. There's nothing impossible for me. He's still a miracle worker. He does awesome things like the birth from a virgin. That's pretty awesome. That's not natural, right? That's supernatural. Like his life full of miracles. They're unnatural. They're awesome. His death, that was prophesied how it would happen, and a resurrection coming back from the dead, just like he said he would. He told him, you tear this building down, and I will raise it up three days later. And guess what? It happened just like he said it would, just like it was foretold. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about history. History, which I believe is his story. History, his story. Are you with me? Here's some things I want you to think. Science is so, I'm going to say, worshipped today. Science doesn't disprove God. Science shows. And if you really begin to study, and I wish I had more atheists, because if you're an atheist, you have the most tremendous amount of faith. And I'm not being smart. I'm being serious. It takes a tremendous amount of faith to not believe in a creator. Because there's an awe-inspiring God. And it's not possible that nothing can create something. It's not possible that nothing can create something. Something has to create something. And the, the big question has been at times, well, well, then who created God? And that's a very simple answer. No one, because he's the creator. If someone created God, then that would be the creator. And if someone created that creator, then that would be the creator. Amen? Are you with me? So we serve an awesome God, an awe-inspiring God that is outside of time and space and history. Now, the cool thing with history, science can't disprove history. Science can't prove that me and my wife got married 
in 2003. Right? <laughs> you know what proves that? History. It was recorded. We had a marriage license. And it was recorded and sealed. On this day, this man and this woman became husband and wife. And you know what? No matter how much time passes, unless someone changes it, it won't change. History. That's why I love history. God is outside of our time, and he speaks the history into existence before it even happens. Is that, is that awe-inspiring to you? Science doesn't disprove that, and I'm not against science, but it doesn't change history. I'm talking about some historical events. Praise the Lord. That was, I think that was confirmation. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. I'm going to talk about some historical events. And why I'm laying that out is as we begin to read, we're going to read um, the first chapter of Matthew, part of the first chapter and the second chapter. I'm going to go through, and as we stop, I'm going to let you hear and see the history that was laid down and how God spoke into these events. Are you with me? All right. Matthew chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 18. Most of you have heard this. Why I'm choosing Matthew is because I think we can get some pretty big revelation into this awesome God of ours. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. How many know that's not a good thing? That's a... That's a, uh-oh, that's a mess. That's what I'd call that. Mary's having to tell her betrothed, um, but I haven't done anything. Sure, Mary, sure. Like, no, I haven't. Sure. It's supernatural. Sure. Hey, guys, sometimes when God does supernatural things, and he wants to come into our lives, sometimes for a little bit it may look like a mess. But I can promise you, before he's done, there will be a miracle. There will be, there will be a resurrection. There will be a, an awesome opportunity for joy and hope and love. Amen? So he goes on and says, And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now, guess what? That's the only way they stay married. Right? That's the only way they stay married, or they're going to divorce court. So this angel shows up, and, and this is pretty awesome. The Lord appeared to him in a dream and tells Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son... And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's what his name means. He saves. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Listen to this. This is from Isaiah 7:14, 7, 700 years in advance. 700 years. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Now, just that one by itself, just that. 700 years in advance, had anyone ever been born by a virgin before? 
pretty safe to say you wouldn't have to be there to be able to say, nope. Has anyone gave birth from the Holy Spirit since? Nope. 700 years in advance, this is how it's going to happen. I mean, what's the odds? Just one, just that one prophecy. So 700 years in advance, God tells Isaiah, this is how it's going to happen. And this is what his name will be. He shall be named Emmanuel, which means, or he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Good call there, Joseph. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the day of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the, from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, everyone say, Boo! <laughs> he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And guess what they told him? In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophets. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. From you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. That was from the prophet Micah, Micah chapter 5, verse 25, or 2 through 5. That was 500 years in advance. 500 years. And guess what happened? Just like Micah prophesied. That's an awe-inspiring God. History proves that. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring, bring me word that I may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went out on their way. And behold, the star that had been seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. That was Hosea chapter 11. 700 years in advance that he would have to call his son back out of Egypt. You guys, we're just getting started in, in this life of Jesus. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. 
he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had asserted from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. That was Jeremiah. What you're about to hear is Jeremiah chapter 31. 600 years B.C. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. 600 years before it happened, it was prophesied. That's going to happen. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he'd heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream again, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. That was prophesied by Isaiah 700 years before Jesus came. Is he a miracle worker? Is he an awe-inspiring God? Is there only one being, a powerful God, that could just in that little bit of space lay out prophecies 700 years, 600 years, 400 years, 500 years in advance? And they all happened, just like he said. The odds of that are innumerable. And his life continues on that way, predicting how he would die, how he would be resurrected, how long it would be. So with that, and with those that just a very small look at Scripture, I, I'm hoping that that builds your faith. It encourages you to see that there's an awesome God, that, that he is truly awe-inspiring. And there was a song that was, that was done, and the first song that the, the little ones performed said, tell your heart to beat again. See, there's, this season can bring lots of different emotions for people. There's a lot of times that, w- that during Christmas or Thanksgiving and we have big encounters with family and loved ones that there's missing people at the table. And it is, it is seen as a very, very hard time. And, and I'm with you on that and I get it. But I believe God is, wants us to remember, but remember the good things. Now, this has been on my heart w- weeks in advance that that uh, we need to remember. We need to remember, but what are we remembering? Remember the good. Remember the, the beautiful times. Remember the wonderful times that you had. Remember that God loved you and blessed you and allowed you to have that time with your loved ones. Remember that. That is a, that is a beautiful thing. But I believe he wants us to, to realize that we, we are in a, a time and a space and in a season that is miraculous. Are you with me? This is a miraculous season. This is a miraculous time. This is a joy-filled time. And we can get very caught up in remembering and looking back and being distraught. Or we can look back and realize that I still believe there's a God, and he's a resurrection God. He's a powerful God. He's a loving God. 
And we can look and, and see and tell our heart, I need you to beat again. How many of you know the story of that song? There was a pastor, and, and he had a heart surgeon that, that went to his church, and he said, I want to watch. I want to be able to see an, an open heart surgery. So there, they do have rooms that you can be outside. You're not in the room, but you're out, and he, and he watched. And that, that heart surgeon, took, they took the heart out. It stops, obviously. He repaired it. He put it back in, and they tried to get it to come back and start. Everything they did did not work. So that pastor watched his parishioner get down on his knees. And he took the person's hand, and he just began to pray, and he said, I've done everything I can do. There's nothing wrong with your heart anymore. I need you to tell your heart to beat again. Miraculously, that heart began to beat again. That is where that song is written from. Now, I need you to hear me in that. I, 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 didn't, I didn't plan what song these kids were going to do, and that's not a Christmas song. But the Lord had impressed on me <laughs> months before. I need people to start looking at this time that sometimes can be looked at very hard as a joyful time. And I believe the Lord wants to give you permission to begin to dream again. To begin to live again. To begin to love again. You need to hear me. Tell your heart to beat again. This is a miracle time. This is a season of awe-inspiring time. And I believe there's a lot of distraction going right on right now because this is such a serious moment. Amen? I believe there's different atmospheres and spirits that don't want people to pay attention and see the miracle that he wants to do for you today. Amen? He, he is a God <laughs> that is real, and every, every spiritual force that, is, that was created by him, that turned on him, knows how real he is. Church, they know how short their time is. You with me? They know that he's coming back soon. Just like he said, just like he said he would the first time. He gave signs and wonders so that people would know and he's put out signs and wonders for us today to know that he's coming back amen and if you looked at the signs and the wonders that he prophesied would happen and are able to see how they're happening today you would know and believe that his time to come for us is soon amen so with that you need to tell your heart i need you to beat again Heart, I need you to hope again. Heart, I need you to dream again. I need you to feel again. Amen? The first time that Jesus came, when he came into Bethlehem, there was no room for him. I believe the Lord said, I need you to make room for me this year. You need to make some room for him in your heart. You need to make some room for him. Let all those different things that would cloud him coming and want to come to you and want to redeem you and want to buy you back with a price. That's what redeem means. Purchase you back. If No matter where you've been out, if you've been out lost, no matter, he is there to redeem you and bring you back. Make room for him. Make room for him to come and heal your heart. Make room for him. Let him come in and clean up the mess. 
Let him come in and give you hope and give you opportunity for miracles, signs, and wonders to happen in your life. I need you to dream again. I need you to hope again. I need you to be willing to let him love you again. I'm going to close on this. My, it wasn't my, oppor- my point to keep you here very long. He is still the God of miracles, signs, and wonders. The heavens announced his coming. The heavens opened and angels came and sang. And there was lights and the glory of God was shining about to shepherds, to lowly shepherds. Not to all the kings, not to all the nobles, to those dirty, lowly shepherds. That's who he's announced to. That's who he came to. He is coming again, church. He's coming again, just like he said the first time. And he's announcing it, and he's proclaiming it. And, and I don't know if you can tell by what's going on in the world around us right now, that's not mysterious. He told us that is how it's going to be. There's things that are being put in place that he's already foretold us. So I need you to realize the season that you're in and the time that you're in and make room for him. You may not ever have another opportunity to make room for him. Isaiah spoke in his writings 700 years before Jesus in Isaiah 55 that today is the day of salvation. Today's the day. He said, is there anybody thirsty? Is there anyone thirsty today? He said, come and drink. Your choice of wine or milk, it's all free. Is there anyone thirsty? Today is the day of salvation. That is what Jesus means. He saves. That's his name. He saves. Church, he saves. He saves. He's a God of miracles. There's nothing that you've done that he, can't, that he can't clean up. There's not a mess that you've done that he can't undone. There's not a, a, a situation that he's blown away by and overwhelmed by. There's not, a, there's not an instance that he is not aware of where you're at and, and would at any given moment go to the cross for you. And he don't have to do it again. He already did it. He counted it. But there's nothing that you will ever do to cause him to be I'm ashamed of him. I I won't pay for him or her. He was born in shame. I will promise you that his whole life, and and, and you can look at scripture, they'd say, we know who, they would start to believe, they would start to go, wow, that was a ridiculous miracle. He must be God. And then they go, wait a minute. We know who you are. You're Joseph's son. What they were saying was, we know who you are. We know the story with your, your mom and your dad. He's familiar with shame. He's familiar with being despised and rejected. He's familiar with being misunderstood. The God of this universe put on flesh and blood. He had real emotions, felt pain. He's very familiar with who we are and where we are and what we go through. 
And I don't believe God's asking you to do something that you can't do this, this year. And today, tell your heart to beat again. He's a God of resurrection. He can redeem and bring out of the ashes. He never snaps off and breaks off a bruised reed, is what Isaiah said. He never snuffs out a smoldering wick. You ever seen a candle when it's about to go? He doesn't go quench it, so quit smoking. He don't extinguish it. No, he'll come back and he'll begin to breathe on it. He'll begin to speak life, that the Ruach of God, the same breath that caused man to, Adam to breathe the first breath and bring those things back to life. Are you with me? I'm going to ask you to do something I don't normally do, but bow your heads with me. Holy Spirit, come. If there's anyone here, you can say, Pastor, yeah, I need my heart to beat again. I haven't, I haven't been, I've been away. I have, I'm not believing. I'm staying in a place of hurt. I don't have hope. I need you to to be strong and bold and say I'm going to tell my heart to beat again I'm going to ask Jesus into it I'm going to ask life and love to come back in the joy to come back into my life if that's you today just lift up your hand and why I want you to lift your hand is I want to be able to give you a gift of a Bible and some other tools to help you if that's you you say I don't know the Lord but I believe that he is who he says he is I believe he's a God of wonders miracles, signs and wonders and I need him in my life. If that's you, lift your hand up. We have one person. Anyone else? Well, let me tell you, that one person, he go to the cross for you, just you. Okay, the next group would be these folks. I need to tell my heart to hope again, to believe again, to dream again, to love again, to live again. I've went through some stuff. I've been hurt. I've been wounded. I don't even understand where I'm at or how I got there, but I know I don't want to be here anymore. And you can say, I feel God drawing me and calling me and knocking on my heart today. If that's you, raise your hand. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. More importantly, he sees you. I see you. Here's, all, here's what I want you to do between you and God. If you can put on the, um, could you put on that, tell my heart to beat again? Put that on there. And I want you just to spend some time with you and him and say, God, I need you. God, this year, I'm going to look for miracles in my life. From this point forward, I'm going to look with eyes of hope. I'm going to look for opportunity for you to do the miraculous. And I believe that you will. You guys, look at me for one moment. You're looking at an absolute mess. One of the biggest messes I know. 
that God miraculously came into that mess and began to wash, began to love, began to massage, began to rub, began to love on. And if I'll promise you, if he can do it for me in my mess, he can do it for you and yours. And this is a church full of people who had great big messes and are still great big messes. And without him, we would be able to do nothing. The only reason, the only reason I can stand up in front of you here today is because I said, God, tell my heart to beat again. God, I need you. I literally said, God, I've made such a mess of this. I don't, I don't know if you can do it. I don't know if you can change it. And I said, I don't know if I can serve you or not. And I literally said, I'm going to make a mess of it. Like, I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm going to guarantee you this is going to be a mess. I said, but I'll promise you this, I won't quit. Amen? So church, you serve a God of miracles, signs, and wonders, and you can let your heart beat again. Amen? Now I need you to believe. Amen? And I need you to put some faith and some action into your words and begin to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and dream and love and, and live again. Amen? Amen. So I would love to just say, Jenny, would you come with me real quick? Me and my wife would love to say Merry Christmas, and it is an honor to serve you guys. And uh, we are so thankful for the team that we have with us that, that this none of this happens without them. Amen? So if you could give uh, Abilena and the worship team a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.